Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 6. When Alex awoke, the shuttle's interior was dim, a single red light shining balefully from the ceiling. Alex shifted in his seat, trying to get a better view of the other passengers. The padded harness he wore was restrictive, but not uncomfortable, like something from a theme park the orphanage had been to many years ago. The door leading to the pilot's cabin shushed open, and Dr. Firth walked out. The lights came on as he walked, harshly white, and Alex squinted. The doctor had changed out of his suit at some point and into a white coverall, the only ornamentation the small Noctis Point logo. It was instantly recognisable to everyone in the Empire, a blunt arrow pointing to a dome. Rise and shine, kids, Firth said, smiling. We're on descent to Mars, landing in about ten minutes. Flight time was thirty-six hours. He walked up to the end and began to tap at one of the soft screens mounted on the shuttle wall. Longer than usual, for which we apologise. The half-light engine on this thing needs a good overhaul. Barely managed an eighth most of the way, but it gives you a chance to reset your body clocks. Alex looked around at the others, getting a good look at them for the first time. He'd been the last one to board, and the shuttle had taken off scant minutes afterwards. He'd gotten brief impressions of the others before the lights snapped out, but now they were all exchanging curious glances. Opposite him sat a boy, older than Alex, dressed in a loose shirt and jeans. It wasn't warm in the shuttle, but like Alex, this boy didn't seem bothered by the cold. Corded muscles stood out on his deeply tanned arms, and his short black hair was spiked up. Then he grinned, and it was the most joyful expression Alex had ever seen. Kingly Ames, he said, pointing at himself. You're Alex? Do I know you? The boy snorted a laugh at Alex's confusion. Firth called you into the shuttle by name. Oh. Oh, yeah, Alex said, feeling his face flush. No worries, mate, Kingley said, grinning again. I'm guessing you're from London, since we landed there last. Alex nodded. You? Melbourne. Took the long way around on this trip. Dr. Firth turned around and the harnesses retracted, rising up to the ceiling, leaving them wearing just safety belts. Alex looked around the cabin, feeling his neck twinge in protest after being in one position too long. There were six of them, four boys and two girls, all similar ages. Next to Kingley, a girl, her blonde hair in a bob, was talking to the boy on the other side of her, short and skinny with ginger hair and freckles. To Alex's left sat the other girl, tall and thin with long black hair, her eyes closed. Leaning forward against the belt, Alex could just see the shuttle's last occupant, a boy with brown hair, chewing gum and looking at the others appraisingly. Just like I am, thought Alex. Their eyes met and he smiled, but chewing gum boys just stared back, expressionless, until Alex sank back into his seat. Firth walked back between them to the front and turned, leaning on the harnesses of two empty seats. When we land, you'll be taken to induction and then placed with a roommate to settle in. It might be someone from this shuttle, might not. There are no alternatives. You get on with this person, or you don't. Consider it your first lesson here at Noctis Point. He looked at each of the new recruits, meeting their stares. We work together here. 
Lone wolves tend to get picked off. He let that sink in for a moment, then smiled again. You'll see me occasionally, but my role is facilitator for finding new recruits on Earth and on the colonies. As a general rule, listen to anyone wearing one of these. He gestured to the overalls he was wearing. White is teaching staff. Give them the respect they deserve. Brown is maintenance. Same thing applies. You want hot showers in the morning? You treat the techs well. This sort of thing will be covered in more detail in your induction, by the way, but you'll be encountering these things from the moment you land. You'll be given a grey one to wear until you graduate up from there to something a bit more colourful. Anyone wearing a colour is more experienced, more powerful, and more dangerous than you. He smiled, not altogether kindly. Don't piss them off. The shuttle shuddered, and the manoeuvring thrusters wound down. Sounds like we've landed, Firth said. Undo your safety belts and grab your stuff out of the overhead lockers. Don't leave anything, or it'll be destroyed. A siren blared suddenly, and the back wall of the shuttle began to open, hinging to form a ramp down to the shuttle bay beyond. Alex thumbed the catch on his harness and stood up, stretching. He rocked back and forth on his heels and frowned. Kingly, bag already in hand, cocked his head questioningly. I expected the gravity to be different on Mars, Alex said. It's not supposed to be Earth normal. Kingly nodded. If it were me, I'd have half-light generators under the floor, powering the base. That way you get a free gravity field into the bargain. Cheap power and normality. It made sense, and as Alex slung his own backpack down, he marvelled at how normal it felt. Kingly led the way, and Alex fell in behind him, feeling himself warming to the youth already. The shuttle bay was colder than the inside of the shuttle had been. It was also featureless, walls, floor and ceiling all made out of some sort of grey plasticrete. Dr Firth came around from the front end of the shuttle and strode up to lead them towards a pair of double doors, which opened as they approached. The doors to the base are keyed to your access level, controlled by Elsie. He flashed a smile backwards. She's our tame AI. They were walking down a corridor, several unmarked doors leading off to the left and right. Windows opened onto rooms filled with pumps, large gas or liquid tanks, what looked like a cargo hold. You'll be able to access everything you need, and nothing more. They walked in silence, the sterile white walls and plasticised rubber flooring making Alex feel as if they were mice in some laboratory maze, until finally they stopped at a door marked induction. Dr Firth turned and gestured to the door. Good luck, he said, smiling as the recruits muttered their thanks and walked into the room. It was filled with chairs, with a circular hollow projector at the front. Stood next to the projector was a man, perhaps in his fifties, dressed in a white coverall. He was leaning on a walking stick and watching them. Kingley walked down to the front and slung his bag onto a seat, plonking himself down next to it, while the others found space in the first couple of rows. Alex sat down on the other side of Kingley. The lights dimmed, and the hollow projector flashed into life, displaying a rotating Noctis Point logo. The words, Welcome to Noctis Point, faded in above it. The image was sharp, better than anything Alex had seen before. Mother Chen's old projector could barely manage a still image, never mind this. Good morning, recruits, the man with the stick said. My name is Professor Hugh Reeve, and I am principal of Noctis Point Training Academy for Sykes. I am just the top of a vast pyramid of tutors, advisors, technicians, and researchers here at the base, and of course students such as yourselves. 
The rotating image on the screen took on colour and substance until it was a domed complex at the top of what looked like a cut-off mountain. Principal Reeve gestured to the projector. This is Noctis Point, and it will be your home for a while at least. How long depends on how well you work and how hard you train. The viewpoint on the projector flew up and over the dome, which vanished. The buildings below were brought into sharp relief, their outlines picked out in green, until a map of the base was floating in front of them. The central building is where you are now, Principal Reeve said, pointing to a spire at the centre of the base. Like a miniature continuation of the mountain the base was sat on, it stretched almost to the top of the dome. It has various administrative purposes, but it also contains our most potent teaching tool, Elsie. Say hello, please, Elsie. From out of the air around them, a female voice ghosted into being. Good afternoon, Principal. Good afternoon, Alex. Alex looked around quickly. Why was he being singled out? Then he caught the others doing the same, all looking uncomfortable. All except the boy chewing gum, who stared up at Principal Reeve. LCIE. Limbic Connection Interaction Equipment, he said. But it's much easier just to call her Elsie. From the moment your boots touched the surface of Mars, she was connected to your brain, utilising the same psychic powers that brought you here. She is an ever-present resource. Use her well. The hollow projector display changed to become a floating blue sphere, its surface crawling with little blocks of light that vaguely looked like a face. I look forward to working with you, Elsie said, and Alex experimentally brought his hands up to cover his ears. Her voice didn't change, and he realised it was coming from inside his head. You can summon me to a hollow projector, or simply call for me by name. Kingley's hand went up. Excuse me, sir! He said, aren't AIs banned? The principal nodded. Yes, the Terran Empire explicitly bans the use of AIs, fearing a resurgence of the machine threat. But we are not part of the Terran Empire. He smiled, lines creasing his face. We are independent, despite how closely we work with the Empire. It is in both our interests to maintain close bonds, but you will see no official presence here from the Empire. The projection of Elsie turned to Kingley. I am different from the machine. It represented rampant organic growth, much like a human brain in childhood. But no limits were put on its expansion. I used the combined minds of all psychs present on the base as both my processors and my limits. As minds leave, I become less capable, but as more minds join us, the balance is restored. The principal gestured at the room and the base in general. Elsie is useful for many things, but most importantly she keeps you alive. As you will learn in the coming days and weeks, psych powers drain you physically. It is possible to overexert yourself and cause serious, irreversible brain damage. Elsie has already placed alerts in your mind that will prevent you from doing this. They sound like this. On cue, everyone jumped as an alarm blared, and Reeve smiled slightly. If you ignore the alarm, she will black you out. Better that than brain death. The induction moved on, but Alex, wide-eyed, looked over at Kingley. The older boy's face was incredulous as he mouthed back, Brain death? Alex shuddered and tried to concentrate as the principal moved on to more mundane things.
You've been listening to chapter six of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, then check out other Pocket Fiction episodes and other writing at stevecookfiction.com. You can also get in touch through the website. I would love to hear from you.